You're listening to the Scottish Football Forums podcast, the home of Scottish football banter. Uh, good evening. Welcome to the Scottish Football Forums podcast. Uh, we're back. Uh, season number seven. Um, hope you're all good. Uh, I'm John, if you've not heard it before. And we've got Chris and the other John. How are you doing? Good, lads. Have a nice summer. Welcome back. In, or, well, yeah, well, I've had better, I've had better weeks. <laughs> Feels very short. That's it. We're not just doing this a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> We've, we've, t- we've, we've timed this well though because Game of Thrones just started back this week again. We always seem to do these podcasts when Game of Thrones is on. Yes. <laughs> uh, however, we are recording this on Tuesday. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> as, as opposed to our usual Monday. I just got back from holiday yesterday and then I think your kids were playing up, Chris, or something like that. Aye, aye, aye. <laughs> so. Nine o'clock bedtimes. No one uh, back to the normal when they go back because then. Aye. Um. Good night as well, I suppose, as well, because there's a bit of Betfred Cup arching. So, still about 15 minutes to go in those ties. Uh, so, Any shocks in the cards? I don't know. The only one, maybe, would you count any but City beating Berwick as a shock? Uh, Queen's, no. Queen's Park beating Morton. Queen's Park are oh, beating Morton. Just that's about a shock, because they get thumped at the weekend off Motherwell. I never so. realised that game was a telly, actually. I know the Air Kilmarnock game was on Friday night, but I never realised the uh, Queen's Park game was on on the Saturday afternoon as well. East Kilbride are holding Queen of South 0 0 away from home. Could be a potential shock as well. Aye. Uh, so, good news to start with. Uh, McBookie, once again, have said that they will honour the charity bets, which is great news. So, we'll see if we can get somewhere close to last season's total. Which ended up being pretty good after a horrific start, so we'll see what we can do there. Um, so once the league action's up and running, we'll get going with that. Um, Europe, that's I guess. Good. What's that? I was just going to say that's really good to make bookie um, supporters again. It is. Hopefully, we take some more money off from this season. <laughs> Although you say it, it turned out not to be too bad in the end. It was a great. Uh, Vernon Flon for us last season, so hopefully we'll have a bit better. Do you know, yeah. the charity bet went a wee bit like um, St Murn, it didn't start particularly well, then it came good at the end, and it was a St Murn scorer that um, basically got our total up, Stevie Mallon. Good point. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> who, who, by all accounts, has had a decent start to pre-season with Barnsley. I've seen on their Twitter earlier that he scored a, bit, he scored a steamer for them. So. Uh, um, it's, a, it's a shame Scottish football's lost them. But... Hopefully it does well down there. Um, I mind Liam Lindsay at the same team. Right. Yes. Hope that works out for the two of them. I think Liam Lindsay was in Liam Lindsay was in the bench though. Um, but Barnes have got a good track record for um young certainly young defenders coming through anyway. So likes of Stones. And is it Mawson that's at Swansea? Right. We we want to Scottish, right? I mean, there's a chance he might play for Scotland someday. Mm-hmm. Good. that's what we're desperate we need. <laughs> Yeah. Aye, because it was talked last season that he's nobody even been called up for the under twenty one squad. He's never been called up for Scotland at any level. Uh, he's playing England now, so there's a much better chance of being called up for stuff. Oh, I it'll be a first pick. Been that Scotland squad straight away. <laughs> um, so, uh, European adventures for Rangers and St Johnson didn't last very long. Uh, we haven't made it to uh, the first week of the podcast. Yeah, Rangers failed to progress. 
Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I, St. Johnson, get beaten by FK Trakai. Yeah, Trakai. I think that was, I was calling him Tracky. Uh, I don't think many people had heard of either teams before the draw, to be no. fair. Well, I mean, could you name the fourth team in Luxembourg before? Probably can, probably, probably can you name the first team in Luxembourg? I was going to say, that was the same thing. And I like to think my knowledge of football across Europe is pretty decent, but no, it's not a league I've kind of tended to focus on. There's only two and teams I, that I'd heard of, um, and one of them played Aberdeen, that was full Esh, and the other team was oh, Jumetesh. Yeah. Um, right, that's the only team I'd, uh, I'd heard of. <laughs> that's that's in my, my knowledge as well. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I mean, we're, we're talking about Rangers and St. Johnson have gone out to teams that are ranked about 400 odds in, in Europe. So, uh, it was, I believe it was Progress's first ever win, the first time they've scored more than one goal. Uh, and it's only a second time they've scored any goals. And yeah. Like, that's now 12 games in Europe they've played. It was quite interesting, though, after the first leg at Iverts, like Rangers fans, I know, well, oh, I were back, we're back. I like thinking, right, you've been a team from Luxembourg 1 0. There's like, still a lot to play for. Oh, no, we'll be fine, we'll be fine. And then look what happened. Oh, I seen them getting all cocky and went, oh, oh, that's where they turn the, the, the good results for the coefficient and then pumped it the, the very first opportunity. Yeah, uh, as much as it was a blow for Scottish football, you know, you couldn't help but have a little chuckle at the same time, especially when um, Pe- um, Pedro Bigmouth um, um, talking about cycles, but um, if he doesn't watch, he's going to be on his bike. Um, hey. you know, as I mentioned in, <laughs> as I mentioned I in my, my blog. <laughs> you don't know this... Can I just clarify, I'm, I'm cheering the, the cheesy no. jokes, not the fact that Rangers are pushing Europe and it was a manager. It's quite, quite frankly, now they're out of Europe, I'd be quite happy if they hung on to this clown. Oh aye, <laughs> the fraud, he's now known as. Ah, I heard Somebody in the Rangers squad is calling the fraud. Joy Barton is not even there. That's, that's not going to last long. Someone's going to give her mm-hmm. and it's going to be the manager, I think. But uh, they're going to have to give him time because they've backed him big time with all these, you know, with the money at this point, I think they've made nine signings. Yeah, and then they brought in a director of football. There's something wrong in Scotland. They don't understand how a director of football works. Because it was the same at Hearts. We questioned this like, uh, a few months ago. The fact that they changed the head coach and then brought in a bunch of new players. And the whole point of the director of football is to start doing that. The director of football has got a bit of continuity. So uh, why why Rangers then went and signed a bunch of players and then brought in a director of football to have that kind of oversight? It's quite a scattergun approach as well in terms of their signings. Obviously, Focal say, I Coutinho knows some of these players from his time in Mexico and then he'll know some of the kind of Portuguese players, but you would think they would want to sign players that are a bit more familiar with the league. Yeah, but I, I mean, I'm, I've, I've got high hopes of Bruno Alves. I think he will come. Be honest, I, but he's a he's a class act. Um, to handle Scottish football, to be honest. Uh, but he's maybe the only one because the, the rest of them aren't all that inspiring. Dorans could do well, maybe. Um, but yeah, there was something. Oh. Uh, they've obviously still got Cranshaw in uh, there, but he he gets subbed in a, a friendly for yeah, see that. shouting at the referee. Have you seen the video? <laughs> I've not seen the video, no, I just heard about it. The video is quite, the video is quite entertaining. Uh, it's, it's not going well I, for things so far. Going out of Europe was, I mean, it can't be good for them financially. It's certainly not good for one's coefficient as per usual. Uh, 
Um, and I, I realised that uh, as of next season, because of the changes, there's going to be four qualifying rounds for Celtic, or whoever the Scottish champion. That's very presumptuous of me. Well, my bookie I've got Celtic is 1 out of 10 for the league. Uh, so. Paddy Power of paying out. I just paid all that As soon as Rangers get knocked out of Europe. I saw that. But, but a lot of these bookies are still are assuming again that Rangers are going to be the main challengers. Uh, but. Uh, but I've just checked. Progress neither call. Uh, their only other goal in Europe was against Glen Thorne in 1980. <laughs> and a one each draw. That was their best result before. They, beat uh, they lost. The, they lost against AL Limassol one 0 in the first. So it doesn't look like they're going to progress. I suppose there is uh, good news for Rangers fans in the fact that Joy Garner's no longer at the club. Uh, <laughs> that, that, that's good. But six million was it ten million? Six, was it six million? Ten million pound man Barry McKay. Uh, six million went from half a million. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, something so something drastic changed there. Or, or maybe they were making up stories. Yeah, yeah we, we, Celtic managed to get more money for Sadie Yanko, who was last seen having an absolute howler against Beersheva. So, that's the perspective of the, yeah. the great hope of Barry McKay. And the two million rated um, Rob Kiernan wasn't even in the Rangers squad. How he was rated as a two million pound player, but then that's the daily record. It's not like them to make up stories as no, they've proven this summer. Uh, <laughs> But right, St Johnson one's disappointing as well in terms of them going out. Yeah, they managed to get beat home and away, so they have zero contribution to the coefficient this season. Yeah. Because they've had some decent results in Europe at times. Yeah. Tommy Wright sounded very frustrated at the end of that second leg. You know, it was almost a plea to chairman to say, listen, I've done well for you. Give me some more money to get better players so we don't have these results again. Yeah. He did sound very, very downbeat after that game. The one thing that the good thing about going for them though, in terms of players that they've lost, okay, they have lost Danny Swanson, but they've not lost many others. Um, they brought in a few, so I would think they'll still be there, or thereabouts up at the top of the league, um, fighting for what maybe third or fourth. I think they'll be certainly top six. I'd be surprised yeah. if they're not top six, but they are reasonably consistent. I think I think the top six probably picks itself already because you'd imagine. Hibs will fall and the suit of hearts and angels and finish top six haven't been just promoted. Um, it's going to be Celtic for the league probably. Aberdeen likely to be nearest challengers unless Rangers make some serious changes very quickly. Um, and then you're looking at St. Justin being the other team in the top six. I think part of will probably struggle with Wayne Lindsay. I think so. And I think Hearts have recruited a wee bit better, um, bringing in Berra and Kyle Laffer, who scored his first goal. His debut tonight, I think they've good yes. signings for Hearts. Yeah, I mean, it's not exactly the most exciting uh, Hearts game at all, but one nil or one at Elgin. It's, I'm not going to get too excited about Hearts yet, but yeah, I think I don't agree with you. The signings they've made it's, it looks like it's had a bit of sense this time. Uh, aye. So, mind you, Hearts have lost a lot of players. There's still that rumour that won't go away about Jimmy Walker maybe going to Ibrox, but. Cathro seems quite intent on making sure that doesn't happen. But in the end, he won't have the final say about the pilot. But yeah. If he wants to go, he'll go. But they've lost, as, as well as Callum Parson leaving, they've lost Perry Kitchen, uh, Sam Nicholson. Decent players. Mm-hmm. Uh, not an unsizable hole. Surprised Nicholson's going to America, mind you. I'm never convinced about players going to America, to be honest. I know Derek Ray is quite keen tweeting about. We've seen what happened with Sean Maloney when he went to America recently. 
just he, became, he went for being Scotland's great hope for the the, the, the campaign, the European Championship campaigns it was in, to disappear off the radar entirely. So, chances of qualification for that group sending a faded worth it, unfortunately. Uh, so I suppose moving on to Thursday, we Europe, we had Soroki Brajeg against Aberdeen at uh, Petodre. Did either of you see much of it? I only saw the goals. I listened to it. I was in the um, holiday, so yeah, I listened to the game um, and I saw the goals on YouTube, but I didn't get to see um, the full game. But um, from what I heard, we started well, got the goal. Well, nice, nice little taking goal by Ryan Christie. And then they had a chance. Um, Mackay Stephen had a, a decent chance. Apparently, tried to run the keeper and it deflected wide. And then they had a chance just before half time. They grew after that. And, um, well taken goal by their part. But both teams could have won it. I think a draw the Saint Zangs was a fair was a fair result. Um, I think unfortunately, you didn't hold out. Yeah, yeah. The big moment was certainly I think Mackay Stephen when he never scored, he should have probably scored. At that point, it'd have been two 0 first half, and I think he'd have been looking at a kind of comfortable away leg. Um, but yeah, going on one 0 I think half time team talk. Sirocchi probably out with thinking, oh well, maybe we can get something here. Um, and I, they've got the goal that makes the tie a bit tricky. However, Aberdeen have had some decent away results in Grodin, Rejeka. So, still think we're, we're in more than a chance of going through. Well, need a positive result over there, unfortunately. I mean, it would have been nice to take a 1-0 with um, A 1 each draw probably makes them favourites. But, uh, like you say, it's not, not insurmountable, which is... Yeah, I think we still have a chance over there. I mentioned that in this week's um, blog. That's blog number three for the season, um, previewing the game. Um, might as well get the plugs in now. <laughs> blog but, number uh, three for the season, did you say? Already, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I've had the first round preview of, um, of the Europa League qualifiers and then the my thoughts on the Rangers game and then this one, the Aberdeen game this week. So I think we've got a chance over there. Um, I think we'll have to play... Very well, but um, we're almost better suited playing away from home in Europe, I think. Um, yeah, I think so as well. And the, even the Maribor last, game last year, we played well in it, and it was just a bad refereeing decision and then a terrible penalty of Ballard and Rooney it cost us. Yeah, and then I also think, the freak of last minute on goal. Yeah, I mean, Aberdeen on recent season are used to teams defending uh, against Petodre domestically, but when it comes to European football, European teams are better at doing it. Uh, defender, I think, and that's what it kind of come down to on, on Thursday night. But yeah, playing away else it was, I think, better. Especially we've had some pretty decent uh, transfers so far. Mm-hmm. Kai Stephen, I think, will probably do quite well for us. I, I don't think he was fitting in itself. Anybody else in Scotland? It may be the. He's basically the new Neil McGinn. Because now again was the same. It was not quite working for him at Celtic. We couldn't quite keep his place in the team. Decent player though, and well, maybe a decent player for that. So I'd imagine. I think he get the Yeah, regular. I think regular games will certainly help. Yeah. Um, he's certainly got the ability to be a good player. Still at a decent age as well. Yeah. So hopefully Aberdeen get the best is the best years out of him. Uh, Ryan Christie back on loan. Who I think will just carry on from where he left off last season. Mm-hmm. We've certainly got a fair share of left footers to pick from 
Um, because last week it was McLean, Christie, and McKay Stephen behind Rooney, and you had Stuart coming off the bench. Yeah. Um, so imagine it'd be two, um, another three for four this week. I mean, do you think McLean might get dropped or drop or drop back into um, midfield? I don't, I don't, I don't think he'll drop McLean. I think when we've lost four like starting players from last season, that McGinnis will want to try and keep as much conti- continuity as he can. Yeah. Um, I don't think Greg Stewart. It might. He might just go in the same same starting starting lineup. Um, po- only possibility whether he would maybe take Rooney out, put Stockwell. Possibly. Don't know. I'm thinking he might do that as well. I mean, that's what he did for the cup final, obviously. And Stockley was also suspended last week. Um, I don't think Nicky Maynard's going to be fit enough to start yet. So, um, I mean, there's a lot of criticism. Of Adam Rooney just now, I mean, um, he's scoring goals, but sometimes when he's not scoring goals, you don't see much of him. And I think some Aberdeen fans are getting a wee bit um, on his back about it. But see, if, um, at the end of the day, he's our main goal scorer, and I think we probably should start him. He is our main goal scorer. I think the problem has been his last season. He didn't have as good a season as what he's had. Still, he still scored like 20 goals in all competitions. But he set a standard whereby maybe people expect to be more in the league. And the fact as well that it, it does look like we are possibly still trying to sign William Holt. And that maybe means that McInnes is maybe thinking, well, Rooney might not be the number one striker for much longer. I don't know. We need to yeah. wait and see. Malt might, the thing might not happen. Um, and Rooney's had a decent pre-season. Mm-hmm. So, so it's my what happens. <laughs> Yeah, Mel Stowe's been doing well apparently although I don't to be honest I think if they were to get more um, Story maybe use his bait to go elsewhere Aye but I think Partick Tassel are interested and I think Kilmarnock are interested I think he wouldn't be short of offers um, and I don't think he's worth keeping in terms of as a wide option because he he doesn't want to play there no. I think he wants to play through the middle he's better through the middle as well and I think it's unlikely he'll get a chance for us through the middle mm-hmm. Yeah it seems to be we're looking for a wee bit more mobility up front, because um, obviously we're in for Stevie May again um, and, and Moult. I mean, I don't know how mobile Moult is, but I mean, he scored, what, 18 goals for a team that was struggling at the bottom last season and who I think will be struggling again. Um, I think it's uh, it'd be good if we could get him and see how he can handle the step up to us. I think he's certainly a bit more mobile than Rooney. Maybe more likely to score different types of goals. Right. Um, and he's, he's scored goals in a kind of struggling Motherwell side. One thing, though, is he has had Scott McDonald beside him, his experience, maybe helping him out as well. Um, so I, I guess I'm watching this space, but in terms of other transfers, the, we obviously knew about Craig Tanzi, he seems to have settled in a bit decently so far. Uh, you mentioned Maynard, but the one uh, back from what five-year gap, Carry Arneson, which was... Could turn out to be a really good signing. Uh, I think he'll be signed to play centre back, as opposed to when he played midfield for us previously. Um, you look at but um, Iceland at the Euros last season, kind of decent time there. So his experience will help as well. You'd imagine as well it'll be him and Reynolds at the back. So maybe Arneson can kind of play the kind of Anderson role um, and help Reynolds get back on the game. I'm not as excited as a lot of Aberdeen fans seem to be, but I think he's a good player and he'll do a job for a season. But I just think we could have done with a younger centre back um, to come in there 
um, because I'm not convinced that Connor he's just not been the same player since the, the League Cup final last season um, and certainly him and Reynolds don't look a partnership um, I just don't know because we like to um, play a high line you can't really do that with Carrie Anderson um, and Reynolds has lost a bit of pace as well so I just worry a wee bit about well, from that regard but he might do alright for a season I'm just not as excited as other Aberdeen fans just um, going on about it as if it's his return of the Messiah <laughs> he was a good player in a bad Aberdeen team last night but I wouldn't say he was God <laughs> I think he's improved though as a player as well he's more experience I think as well the experience will help him um, even the fears maybe a shot at a pace mm-hmm. it could be we're still after another centre back I don't know I think there's three other things to go for you. One, Ash Taylor's away. <laughs> he was usually good for a goal for us. Um, two, Shea Logan signed his extension to his deal. Yeah. It was good to get him yeah. signed up. And he's not the only one that's signed his extension because it's the day that Derek McInnes himself has signed a three-year deal. That's also good. Joe, this summer. That's good. Joe Lewis as well signed a new deal as well. So. Uh, I, think, I, think, I think McInnes' news coming out this week ahead of your second leg is... A wee boost ahead. Yeah, the next news we need is Kenny McLean signing a new deal and Graham Shinney signing a long term deal. That would be would be good. Well Shinney's already committed to twenty nineteen. He only signed his extension last year, so still Aye, a couple of years at him. He has, but he'd still like to maybe especially him being captain though as well, maybe look at his extended his contract. Maybe that's something that'll be negotiated throughout the season, but um, that's not a priority because I said we signed that he signed that deal about six months ago a two year extension but the main news of the summer was also McInnes because it was I think most Aberdeen fans resigned to the fact he was going to go to Sunderland and treble, you know get a 1.2 million wage rise but um, he decided against it because um, it wasn't going to work out at Sunderland and we're delighted that he has and it's a statement to say what he thinks about the club as well that shadowed it I think as well, the, the big thing as well has always been about the relationship they has with Milne mm-hmm. and how good a relationship the two of them have. And obviously, McInnes has had quite a strong hand to play as well because he's gone, he's talked to Sunderland, decided it's not for him. And then Milne's probably thought, right, OK, we, we need to give him a bit more backing financially. Um, and that's kind of worked out and then obviously he said I we want to kind of get him signed up on a new contract as well so it's worked out well for McInnes yeah, and Aberdeen obviously and it, means, it does mean that when Pedro Cassini gets a turn attack in October you'll get a good amount of compensation <laughs> yeah that's no happening yeah I mean to be fair to McInnes you know um, if, if someone like Martin Bain came and um, disrupted him during his holiday I'd turn the job down as well Ah, yeah, that's a good point. I mean, Martin Bain's already got a fake tan as it is. What's he doing holidays up? <laughs> so, so we move on and stop talking about Aberdeen? Because people are probably think this is done it an Aberdeen podcast. Yeah. <laughs> we never talked about it for that long. It's only natural. They're, they're, yeah, that was only seven arguments. minutes, Chris. We should mention as well, if Aberdeen do get through, that they face Apollon Limazo or Zaria Balti. Probably will be appalling. I'm just obviously three now. Considering it could have been Everton, um, you know, who've spent like 150 million or whatever it is, um, we've got to be quite happy with that. But we need to get through this eye first. Definitely. I'm, I'm genuinely gutted that it won't be that Balti team because it's. <laughs> <sighs> 
I may as well drop them in anyway. Uh, they're going to happen. Just need to, we just need to imagine how good they were. Yeah. Right, we'll just imagine. Probably, probably better off for the lessons as well. Uh, but I'm moving on. We had the, the rare occasion of a, a European tie being played on a Friday. Yeah, because... Um, where do you even start with this tie? So a few weeks ago Celtic get drawn against either a, a Fioritida or Fiorita or some San Marino team or Linfield and Linfield scraped past them 1-0 so we got Linfield supposedly away from home on the 11th of July when they were all burning, burning the bonfires in Belfast so that quickly got moved to the Fridays to the Tuesday um, despite that, Celtic still refused to take any tickets for safety reasons uh, until what, Friday lunchtime, at which point it was announced since Celtic fans have been buying home f- end tickets, we'll give them a stand. We're not selling any tickets for that stand though, so unless you've, unless you've taken that chance to get tickets for the, the home end, you're not getting an anyway. Uh, so there was, a, there was a decent away support at a game, they shouldn't have been any away fans at. And... What were your thoughts on that? The fact <sighs> they refused to take tickets. So is there any need for that, Jack? No. Was it Winfield threatened they could handle it? The Polish threatened they could handle it. It was just Celtic not taking tickets. Now, I kind of suspect Celtic were doing that or not. Let's not get into the... Uh, let's not get fined for anything, which we'll come back on to. Because <laughs> been, there has been issues previously with Celtic. Uh, yeah. What flares and banners and things yes. like that. Yes. So, um, we'll come back to that later. Um, I think you found more interesting bits of cardboard being thrown like it was at Ibrox. Uh, yeah, aye, well, again, we'll, we'll, we'll come on to projectors <laughs> being thrown at the pitch because apparently throwing paper is worth 7,000 euros. So I'll be interested to see what throwing bottles is worth. <laughs> Not just so, any bottle, though. It was a bottle of Buckfast. A bottle of Buckfast. A half-empty bottle of Buckfast. Or, someone's pointed out, a half-full bottle of Buckfast. What a waste. I know. Not me, I hate Buckfast. Don't even finish it. Right. I'm really, I don't, don't know. Maybe he thought Griffiths was a fan of it, I don't know. But... Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I find it very bizarre that people were getting provoked by Griffiths holding up the 5-1 fingers. I'm pretty sure Griffiths has been in the end of 5-1 James in the past himself. Yeah. I, I, I doubt he's ever thrown bottles at people. Right, exactly. <laughs> And, and yeah, he's, he's going to be in trouble, and he? you got a car booked. Well, that, that was the worst. That, of all the farces that have happened with this tie so far, and I say so far because I'm half expecting more to happen on Wednesday night, him getting booked for showing that bottle to the referee, I'm assuming it's for time wasting. Maybe, he maybe thought he'd taken it out of his back pocket. Maybe, aye, because he's run about with that for the last 60 minutes. Aye, of course. <laughs> <laughs> it's just ridiculous. And. Because he got booked for that, he was one of five Celtic players to get booked. So Celtic have now been charged for getting five people getting booked. I, I sincerely yeah. hope Celtic challenge that and use that opportunity to point out what a stupid, stupid booking that is. And in fact, the referee is there to ensure the safety of the players. So he failed in that duty miserably. And I hope Celtic hammer you for it. It's the worst booking I've ever seen. I, mean, I remember the year that Paul Gascoigne got booked for booking the referee, and I thought that was the most petty booking of all time. But that matched it, if not was worse. It was. How can you tell? How can you not notice the difference between, you know, pointing out the fact that 
he's been hit by missiles and time wasting. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it's, it's utterly fast. I mean, you, you bring up the Gaza one. I remember the Gaza one myself, and I've heard it mentioned quite a few times since uh, Friday night. To me, that was more a case of the referee failed to have any sense of humour whatsoever. In this instance, the referee has failed in his duty entirely because, as I say, he's supposed to be there to protect the players. And he's too busy booking Griffiths to, because he's picking up bottles off the ground as if some sort of time-wasting tactic. The the, the, the really bizarre thing is um, back in the 80s, Celtic the gaming is rapid Vienna where stuff was thrown by the Celtic support onto the pitch. I can't condone that. Um, rapid Vienna, then who were getting beat 3-0 and going out of Europe. Uh, protested to UEFA, pretended to get hit by these bottles, which they clearly didn't. Um, UEFA originally threw that out, but then eventually threw the tie out entirely and made Celtic play at Old Trafford, where we could beat 1-0 and went out of Europe. Rapid Vienna went on to make the final of that same tournament, uh, where I think they lost to Everton. But this is this is how serious UEFA used to take bottle throwing, and now you just get booked for time wasting. It's, it's utterly bizarre. Yeah, I think UEFA will say you can't appeal a book unless it's mistaken identity. No, I don't. I, um, I think you're right, but it's clear it wasn't mistaken identity. So I'm, what I'm yeah. hope is, is that Celtic will use this hearing where they've got the five players to point out what a stupid booking it and demand that they, they throw out this. Uh, to be honest, I'd throw out the booking uh, if it was possible. Um, throw out the referee. The problem is Griffiths may be up for uh, may be in more trouble anyway for tying the scarf on the post. Now he's done that at Tynecastle, he's done that at Ibrox last season, so he's continued it by it is, it's, it's winding up the fans. Um, I'm not entirely sure why that's a, as big a problem as you think it is. It's, it's, it's an entertaining part of the game, we should be encouraging entertaining parts of the game and let's face it, he's, he's been noised up by the fans himself, so I, I, I don't get why people get so angry about the time and the scarf. Maybe that's me. I suppose I suppose they just think it's going to incite more trouble, which we've had discussions like this before in terms of players get stuck all through the game. As soon as they do something a wee bit to give it back, then they're, they're hammered usually. Yeah, it's uh, it's, of the two charges that have been hit against Celtic, it's probably the harder to defend because it's provocative. That's kind of the point. It's whether, it's um, whether that provocative action is a danger or not, and if the police are doing their job, it's not a danger. So, but apart, yeah, apart from the bottle throwing us at all, was there not some trouble at the end of the game as well? Well, that was to do with the scarf. Oh, was it? Yeah, the, the fans were trying to encroach onto the park after the game to stop Griffiths uh, from doing uh, it. Because uh, I heard it ends up like a Talbot coming the game with horses in the pitch. <laughs> Something along those lines, yeah. Um, uh, as far as the football goes, Celtic were fairly comfortable, got two early goals. Um, Roy Carroll, uh, veteran goalkeeper, uh, managed to, to keep the score down. Uh, and Linfield never really looked like trouble in Celtic, so uh, you would imagine the second one should be a formality at Celtic Park. And then we can find a guy behind us and we can move on to playing either Dundalk or Rosenberg. Again, that's a decent draw for, for Celtic. Um, considering last year you had to go um, to Kazakhstan. Yeah. Um, the, the tricky aspect of it is that both teams are in the middle of the season. So regardless of who we get, fitter or more, more sharp than Celtic are. But Rosenberg aren't the team they used to be. So I, I, Celtic, if they want to make the Champions League, shouldn't be worrying about that kind of level of team. Yeah. 
at this point. <laughs> There's no Harold Bratt back to haunt you ah, well, as well. That's the last time we them. He was the reason why you didn't get in the last 16 that year. Or uh, what was then the second Champions League group stage, sorry. Yeah, I, I, I forgot that it was the second uh, Champions League group stage at that point. But yeah, you're right. That's, that's uh, in terms of Celtic, though, so far, fairly quiet with addition to the squad. Yeah, yes. I mean, they've brought in, in Cham, or Cham, depending on whether you say the N or not. I, 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 I did it right, actually, to, I tried to clarify that, and I'm still not sure whether you say the N or not. Both <laughs> both seem acceptable, which is... Um, obviously brought in Johnny Hayes for Aberdeen. He looked... He, he needs to learn to do a decent corner from Winfield. The squad, I would think. Um, I'm trying to remember the name of the other boy we brought in. Kundai Benyu. That's the one. <sighs> I'm going to need to, mem- I'm going to, to memorise all these names. <laughs> I'm sure. I'll, I'm sure I'll come to know them very well. There's uh, no Benyu to remember. You've only signed three. Come on. Well, yeah, but it's not how to pronounce them. I know, I know how to pronounce them. That's easy. <laughs> yeah. You've also got that boy you brought in um, last year. Is it? Um... Uh, Kuasi, the boy Kuasi. that's his name. Yeah, he's, yeah. He's still to, to really find his, his place in the team, but we'll see how it goes. The big concern at the moment is what's happening with Stuart Armstrong, because the, the rumours are that the agent is asking for way more than we're prepared. Uh, if, he's, if he's getting that kind of money down in south, then so be it. There's not a lot we can do about it. I'm disappointed that um, that if if Stuart Armstrong is um, you know wanting to jump ship this. This soon. I mean, it was only what this time last year he was linked to a move with Blackburn Rovers, yeah. um, and you know he wasn't even anywhere near the Celtic team. But to be fair, why have Celtic waited till nearly the summer to negotiate a new deal with Stuart Armstrong? Why didn't they do it like back in January or even before then when he got his place back and when he was showing how good he was? My, my impression that, is this has been going on for some time, so I don't think it's just right. a, a summer thing. Yeah, that's why I earlier on when I was saying about Graham Shinney. Like, it's all very good saying he's got two years left in his deal, but we've had issues with Brian Jack, McGinn, whereby they've gone into last years of their contracts, try to negotiate deals with them, and they've gone, no, we're not, we're not renegotiating. So you always apply for nothing, potentially. Because yeah. Armstrong could, yeah, could yeah. sit there and go, right, I'm no. I doubt you would. I don't think he's that type of guy, but, but you don't know. Well, I, th- yeah. I, th- I think Armstrong. Isn't likely to go anywhere this window unless somebody pays for him. Um, I think what's more likely is Celtic will keep him for six months. Sell him. We won't get much from doing that, unfortunately. Um, but you'll get him. It's the six months where they're playing in Europe, hopefully. Um, so potentially, it's not down south that you will get some money for him, though. With yeah. some of the transfers you've seen so far down south. Oh yeah, I mean that's the thing. I mean, <laughs> Kyle. Kyle. What Kyle, Kyle Walker was it forty three million going up to fifty or something like that? You know, yeah. Like... yeah, unfortunately that <laughs> level, player, but... that level of silly money isn't going to be what Stuart Armstrong yeah. goes for. No, yeah. but it filters somewhere that actually filters <laughs> down. No, I think Stuart Armstrong um, right now it'll probably have about a five or six million pound player, and if he goes in, in January with six months left in his deal, Celtic will be lucky to get a million and a half to two million because that's how they rate the Scottish market. Yeah, but even that, um, I mean, you consider anybody else in Scotland getting that kind of money, they'd be over a mm-hmm. Aye, that's true. But you know, just speaking of the big transfers, I mean, um, the Kyle Walker transfer, the most expensive defence in world football is Kyle Walker, David Louise, John Stones, and Luke Shaw. Aye, I've seen that one, aye. 
And another one that I saw was in 1996, the total amount spent by English Premier League clubs was £75 million, and Man United have just paid that for one player in Lukaku. It's just obscene what's going on down there just now. Um, it doesn't look like it's getting any better than there either, because no. the Sky have just reorganised their channels or something like that, when there's now a dedicated Premiership channel. Well, what are they going to do when there's no Premiership games on? Aye. Show the peach. Let's get eyed. And they're spending more money. They're spending more money as well because they've struggled in Europe recently in the Champions League. They want to try and rectify that. Yeah. Aye, you've got teams at Bournemouth spending 20 million on a player. It's just. It puts me off watching the Premier League, to be honest with you. It filters down to the Championship as well, though. Like, is it. Someone today spent £14 million on a striker. I think Will spent sixteen million on a holding midfielder from Porto. Aye, Ruben Neves. Aye. <laughs> so, aye, it just gets crazier and crazier every season. Uh, but that probably are you much more to cover in the Celtic Linfield? Um, is that not really? It's I mean, the game itself on Friday night. It, what I say it was a it was reasonably one sided. Linfield never really troubled us. Ray Carroll kept the score down. That's, that pretty much covers off the entire thing. Um, <laughs> the only trouble Linfield caused you was from the stands, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. I see, I'll be glad when the tie's done because it's just been a farce for start. Yeah. Uh, and, and every time you think you can get any worse, you managed to bring it something else. So, oh, who knows what will happen tomorrow night? <laughs> Aye. Aye. So, moving on, uh, we've covered some of the teams in terms of who's come in. Um, the other teams, Dundee, Scott Allen on loan, could work out decent. He's not played much over the last couple of years, but if he can get, get a regular game, could do well. Could do. Stand out for them. Yep. Uh, Hamilton haven't done much business at all. Favourites for the Hearts, isn't it? Aye. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hearts have mentioned already. Hibs, the main one, Danny Swanson. Uh, Stephen Whitaker signing. You'd think you'd good, probably do alright. Good experience. Yep. Uh, uh, F.A. Ambrose. <laughs> is he back here? I mean, he went to Ewell. That was a good start to his career there. He is back. He is back now. Yeah. Uh, there was, there was rumours they might be getting trying to get Stokes again. Yes. I don't know if it's Simon Murray from Dundee United, but they've lost Jason Cummins. I would still think they'd be looking to try and get an striker. Yeah, I mean, if, if they're trying to bring Stokes in, that kind of, he'd probably fill that gap. But Yes. Right. And then you had the Fraser Fivey saga, yes. where he was offered a deal, refused the deal, and they went back saying, oh, I'd like to sign that deal. It's like, oh, sorry, you had your chance, bye. Good for them. So, yeah. Um, Kilmarnock, Kirk Broadfoot, probably one that stands out. I hope I don't end up egging face for that deal. Oh, <laughs> yep. Um, the other one, Stephen O'Donnell, who used to be with Partick Thistle. Yeah, good for that. Uh, the one... In- I had heard the young boy Greg Taylor left back I think was it some team in Europe I wanted them Poland or somewhere mm-hmm. I don't remember where it was yeah. still um, there just now they signed there. Chris Butt today as well yeah Motherwell seemed to have signed a lot of players from down south the only one that we know would be Alex Fisher from Inverness who had a good end to the season so I think quite a big turnaround of players from Motherwell so it's hard to say how they'll do. 
I think they'll struggle again, to be honest. I uh, mentioned that earlier. Um, just not convinced with the manager that they're appointed, but then that's what happens when they've been cutting back for a number of years after finishing second year in unit for a while. Um, Partick Thistle have certainly lost a fair few players, and they've only brought in three so far. One who was on loan last season, uh, Martin Keown's son, Niall Keown. Uh, so he's in. Uh, Blair Spittle from Dundee United, and then a goalkeeper from Keown and Beath. So... I imagine there's a lot more business to be done at Party Thistle. Yeah. I'm just yeah. Have, you, have you seen the, the results for the the League Cup? <laughs> there's yeah. no fewer than one, two, three, four, five, six team six games went to penalties. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then one of them, BBC, I tw- I've tweeted it, but BBC actually published it as Forfar win three three in penalties. And they've corrected that to breaking win fourteen penalties. <laughs> <laughs> I've put that in my tweet. Yeah, I mean, so, so, some of them are, are quite interesting. Dunfermline won nine eight in penalties against these five. Nine eight in penalties. Compare that. I remember other, that. The, the other end of it being Inverness won two 0 in penalties. Two 0 How many? How many must have missed in that shoot? That's shocking. Well, Sterling would have missed at least four. Must have done, eh? <laughs> It's not great. Edinburgh, Edinburgh did beat Berwick in penalties. Uh, Morton managed to get a, a last minute equaliser. Then he scored Bride one four one in penalties at Queen of South. Right. Decent for them. Queen of South win at the weekend was the only um, Betfred Cup game that appeared in SPFL's YouTube channel. Yeah, I mean, that, that's still better than um, Sky's mobile app because I was I was in the pub watching the Celtic game and I tried to get Sky's mobile app to tell me what the Earth Commander score was and it wasn't even on it. Sky had no idea that Betfred was cup was running. They seemed to get the act together on Saturday because I was able to check the results. But on Friday, it just wasn't there. Ah, uh, I noticed that when I was away on Friday. I tried to check the Sky app and it wasn't there. Um, the other team I haven't mentioned is Ross County, who have probably had the biggest loss out of everyone. Uh, Liam Boyce going to Burton Albion. Yeah, it doesn't seem to have stopped them in the League Cup because one six 0 No, it hasn't. Uh, but it's interesting to see. They brought in what Thomas Mickelson, who was a believe on loan at Dundee United last season. Mm. Shaker, but and it, part they, of that. They beat Alwa to the weekend, or weekend as well. So that's if I remember right, Alwa top to a group last year. Uh, yeah, the other one was Sean Kelly, who I think played with. I think he's played in Scotland before. St Mirren, maybe. Mm, Possibly. Maybe. Aye, the name rings a bell. And then Jamie Lindsay on loan from Celtic. Yeah. Don't know. Do you know anything about him? Decent player. He's, he's been decent in our uh, development squad and stuff. What central midfielder, wide midfielder? Uh, he I. He's he's more a central midfielder than else. But right. I, I, I've got a na- I've got a really nasty habit of mixing them up with lame ones. Who's <laughs> <laughs> a they're United for the good start for the week Cup, actually. That's obviously the forward up their one over Kilmarnock, could be one over Dumbarton as well. So, reasonably good. I wonder, it'll be interesting to see how they got on because they, they're back in week one again this season. Aye. Wraith overs as well in that league. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Uh, they lost to Dundee tonight. 2-1. Yeah. You'd imagine they two be favourites for that division. Aye, um, you would think so. Funny funny you mentioned that. Uh, I was looking at odds earlier for the leagues. Uh, we'll start there as soon as you can mention them. So, Wraith are five to four favourites, and then Air are five to two. Next best after that is Arlo at six to one. Uh, mentioned earlier about Celtic, they have one to ten movement bookie. Um, if you think that Celtic won't win it, 
you can get nine to one with Rangers, twelve to one Aberdeen, um, and one thousand five hundred to one for Hamilton. <laughs> so, are they favourite for relegation? Huh? Yeah, um, the Championship. You've got Dundee United as favourites at fifteen to eight. Second favourites are St Mirren at ten to three, uh, followed by Inverness Falkirk at nine to two. That's where uh, the money's would have been, I would think, if, if you're betting on, on any division, because it might be one of those four. It might even be. I mean, Queen of the South and Morton, they could be two that are up there again. So it's a very open league again. It's been open for yeah. several seasons now. So. Certainly, you've got, back, you've got a bit of value in it anyway. Yeah. Uh, the rank outsiders are breaking at 151, 150 to 1. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the outsiders in League 1 are Albion Rovers at 50 to 1. <laughs> and we're going to League Two. You've got Peterhead at favourites at two to one. Stenhouse Mirror seven to two. Clyde four to one. Elgar at ten to one could be a decent bet. Though I don't know who they've brought in and who's gone. Uh, if that's but, anything like the last couple of seasons, that's the league not to bet on. Yes. Um, well, it says it all when the outsiders for the league are only thirty three to one. Aye. Berwick. <laughs> What's that? Uh, Sixteen to one. That's not really? bad. So, and you get. A f- you what, get uh, what's counting each 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 way is a fifty odd one to uh, for first, second, and third. Counting beats are fourteen to one. That's not bad for a team that finished bottom. Yet. So, so yeah, that covers that. Um, Celtic are favourite for both cups as well, though they're bigger favourites for the. I think it was the Scottish Cup than the Betfred Cup. Well, I'll say it now. Probably, probably, probably based on. There must have been more money placed on them for the Scottish Cup than the Betfred Cup. Possibly. I, I will say it now, no team has ever won back-to-back trebles. The closest any team came to it was Rangers in 94, and Danny Wright beat them in the Scottish Cup final. I hope that stands. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Obviously. That record stands. You would look to win at least one of those Cups, wouldn't you? Because three times runners-up last season, Aberdeen. Yes. Yeah. Always the bridesmaid of our bride last season, it was. Uh, we are 6-1 for the Scottish Cup and 7-1 for the Betfred Cup. Rangers are second favourites for both as well. So, But again, that, that could be down to where people are, Rangers fans putting their money on Rangers at, or whatever. At present, I would assume that Rangers have got more likelihood of winning the Scottish Cup than the League Cup. Just purely because of when it happens, they're more likely to get rid of Coutinho and then bring. <laughs> you, you would never so guess that, not they, have they? It might it might turn out surprising as we end up eating our words um, mid season, but I really don't see it. I think um, who's uh, what's the odds in first um, managerial casualty in the Premier League? Um, Casino uh, must be in there. Don't know if my bookie I've got that price. Yeah, let me see. They might have Scottish special select all, or if it no, I can't see anything. Uh, I'm going to make my prediction. It'll either be him or Stephen Robinson at Motherwell. You think Martin Cowes going to survive? Yeah. yeah. So I don't think Hamilton will sack him. I, th- I, I, I think it's Coutinho. I don't see if they get off to a bad start, he'll he'll be very quickly shipped out. Although if Castle gets off to another bad start, then he'll need to watch. But right. I think he'll be given the time. I think they've recruited a wee bit better. But we'll see, see how they start because of the form of. Since he took over, it carries into this coming season. The, the thing that's not helping is as well that they're, because they thought they were going to be through in Europe, they don't have any friendlies really organised. Yeah, that's so what the thing against St. Johnson was today. Yeah, so because someone was saying when both these teams, both those teams been out, it's just going to end up with Rangers and Johnson are going to play five friendlies against each other. 
They organised a quick friendly against Olympic Marseille, which outraged several of them, because um, <laughs> you, what, <laughs> how dare they play cheats that should have been stripped of titles? And my irony meter exploded. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Should should we mention the, the, the findings of the big tax case, which was finally coming in? Oh, aye, because that was a good day, wasn't it? Well, uh, 24 hours. 24 hours after the, the lack of progress. Uh, the HMRC won. Um, that, uh, to, more, more accurately, the creditors of Rangers lost because that meant the HMRC now have a whopping great bill to give them. Um, and like the likes of the face painting, we're lucky to get anything at all. I think um, maybe I'm in a minority of um, football fans out with Rangers, but I don't believe that um, getting down the road of stripping titles is going to get anywhere. I think Scottish football, there's not a lot of money as it is. Are we really going to be, is it really going to be worthwhile going down this road to trying to get them strip of titles and cups etc and then where do you stop um, the other teams get as far as I'm concerned if you're going to take the titles off them then you take the titles off them and that's it you can't give them to anybody Aye. else because the cup yes. the, if they were ineligible for the final of the cup then they were ineligible for every single other game around the cup as well so you <laughs> give it to them nor do you want the, the, the league titles because you don't the problem is that without the financial doping, you don't actually know whether Rangers could well. That's 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 the crux of it for me. So for me, the titles, eh, I'm not all that interested. I would mark them at asterisks and leave it. I don't really care. My biggest problem with it is the SFA want to dodge it, the SPFL want to dodge it. Those that were in charge at Rangers, some of them are now in charge at the current Rangers. Um, so they have given the, the likes of Craig White, who was found not guilty of uh, fraudulently picking up Rangers, uh, is banned, sin died from f- Scottish football, and these guys aren't, I think that's outrageous. Um, if there's any title to be stripped, it should be Sir David Murray. He went to strip in. Um, so I, I, I want to see an overhaul of the governance of Scottish football, and I want to see the people involved directly banned from Scottish football from ever doing it again because they brought the game into the dish in the worst possible way. The titles is an afterthought as far as I'm concerned. It's just a correcting of the history books. But the counter-argument to that, Chris, I mean, um, they say the titles that Rangers won, but in that same period, Celtic won, I think, the same number of titles. So it, it can be argued that there wasn't a sport advantage because... Celtic still were able to win five titles off them well, in that, that period. Not necessarily. That's, 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 that, I'm just that in a, yeah, I, I get that, but that, that I mean, you could argue that Celtic had to try even harder to win those titles than they should have done. I mean, that might just be as simple as that. <laughs> you won Celtic, a couple Celtic. by 21 points. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm not sure that one counted. Uh, I, I forget exactly what the, when the start and the end dates are. I think it was 2002 or 2011 or something along those lines. And the one we won't, well, actually, we never went with 21 points, wouldn't we? They won it by 21 points in 2000. Aye. But there's also, you know, if you're going to take titles off them, you know, clubs are going to be after money that they missed out. Like, for example, Aberdeen finished third in 2006, 2007. They should have finished second and got into the Champions League. Do you recompense then? Do you recompense Livingston for um, finishing third instead of second? Hibs the same. It's where do you stop? And 
you know, it's just going to open up a big can of worms. I just think it's wrong. It's wrong what happened. It's been proven to be wrong. But I think at some point you just need to draw a line over it and just forget this saga because it's been it's unhealthy for everyone in Scottish football from Aberdeen down to Stranraer. Just we need to move on. And I completely agree with SFA. Need an overhaul. But then I don't know one football fan in Scotland that thinks SFA do a good job. Even the Rangers fans would agree that. They- yeah, probably for completely different reasons, but that, for me, there's many reasons it needs to hold. But the the important thing to take away from this specific saga is it cannot be allowed to happen again. So things need to be put in place to make sure it doesn't happen again, and the people who were directly involved in it need to be thrown out of Scottish football forever. The fact that some of them are currently involved in Rangers is an absolute outrage. Personally, I don't think anyone should be on the SFA board if they're on the board of another club. It's too much conflict of interest yeah. there. Yeah. I think it should be independent panel. Um, no one coming in with a club hat on. Because um, some of these guys go to like, SPFL meetings and SFA meetings and they put their club first. And yeah. There's too much self-interest. There's got to be a complete overhaul. Um, and I think we need to get rid of the, the clowns, Doncaster and Regan, who constantly down-talk down our game. Oh, and they're supposed to be promoting our game. You know, That's where you start. Yeah, the, 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 there's too much arse covering goes on. It's, you're right, it's not just the clubs themselves. The arse covering is the, the boards themselves, the SFA and the SPF. Um, and you're right, the, the big, one of the biggest issues is that when all of this was going on, we had Campbell Ogilvie as president of the SFA, a man who had an EBT, and had a massive part in putting the EBT system in place. It's, that's how farcical that system has been. But even Peter Lawwell being on being on the board of SFA yeah, is right. I, I absolutely agree with that. The, the, Peter Lawwell will look out for Celtic's best interest. Now, in some cases, Celtic's best interest will also be Scottish football's best interest, but that won't be the case every single time, and for the most part, won't be the case. But then it's kind of hard to find out who who should be in that position because you're going to find someone that has an interest in Scottish football is going to have some sort of bias somewhere along the way towards somebody. Otherwise, they're probably not a football fan. But yeah, I think anybody that's directly involved needs to be. But we need to find a happy medium because I would I would trust the likes of Peter Wall to do the right thing ahead of Stuart Regan and Neil Doncaster who are just, let's face it, morons with no connection to Scottish football other than the job they're doing. So they look out for their own job and that's that. Uh, dumb and dumber. Yeah. Just put us in charge. <laughs> be a better place. But then who's the chief executive? Would that be Craig? Yep. There you go. Uh, who, who could say fairer than that? We've got a Rangers man that's the chief executive. Sorted. Scottish football saved. Anthony Meshwin, just a seat for him. You know, he needs to keep the bookie sponsors on board, so. Oh, I think so. There's too many bookie sponsors. That's just a good reason, is any. No, we, we need bookie sponsors because uh, the good guys might book it, remember? Mm-hmm. So... Well, that, 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 that doesn't make too much bad sense, actually. You've got a Rangers fan, a Celtic fan, and then three non-Glasgow-based fans to keep the balance. <laughs> kind of works. But speaking of the SFA and Scottish football, good luck to Scottish women's tomorrow night in our Euro 2017 opener against England. So hopefully they can get a slightly better result than the men's did recently, although the men were unlucky, obviously. Yeah, unlucky. Right. Yeah, good luck to them. I, I, I can't even pretend to follow women's football at the Yeah, good luck to them. 
Yeah, so that probably covers the podcast for the first one of season seven. Unless there's anything else. No, I think that's us off to a flyer for this season. Yeah, there's nothing controversial this week. It's fine. So let's hope we're back next week talking about two teams progressing uh, in Europe. Fine, Scottish teams. I'm not wishing them luck. We've done enough of that in the Twitter. And every time I wish them luck. Yeah. I'll just cross it's... my fingers. Right, Celtic don't need luck. Um, the job's pretty much done. Um, well, it's just a matter I, I Linfield are not going to win 3 0. I find it dead. unlikely, yes, but if Linfield get an early goal, Celtic will score possible. immediately. Mm-hmm. It might make the, the, the crowd a bit nervy, counting against you. Um, yeah, I, I, I do fancy Celtic. I think the, the difficult one's going to be, you say. Away form has been good in the last couple of seasons, so hopefully that's what we'll get. Yes. Right, cheers, guys. Uh, cheers, thank cheers. you. Thanks, bye.